Welcome to the Newberry Tart Podcast. Your hosts, Marcy and Jenny, are talking and drinking their way through Newberry award-winning books, past and present. Hi, and welcome back to the Newberry Tart Podcast. Tonight, we're speaking with Kelly Jordan, author of the adorable picture book, The Little Blue Cottage. This was recorded as part of our 2020 mini-series, and we are delighted to finally present it to you now. Hello. Hello. How Hello. are you? I'm good. So we have had the chance to, to look through your book, and it is beautiful. It's called The Little Blue Cottage. It is out now. Can you tell us about it? Sure. And thank you for um, the kind words. I'm super excited. It's my debut picture book, illustrated by Jessica Courtney Tickle, who just has a beautiful, whimsical style that really complements the words, I think. But it's the story about a little girl and her relationship with the cottage that she visits every summer. So it tells the story of growing up, growing older, things changing, and then just loving and cherishing a special place. It was inspired by a place that I grew up going to as a little girl and that I still visit in Milton, Florida. It's just a very simple cottage on the bay that's a weird mixture of woods and bay. So on a single trip, you could see foxes, but also dolphins, and it was on a little red clay road. So, yeah, I hope that people like the book. The launch of it has definitely been different than what I anticipated due to COVID. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I've felt so much support from indie bookstores and from friends and from my coworkers at my day job that was just um, unexpected and has been wonderful. And I've also found that through Zoom and different virtual events, I've had the opportunity to connect with bookstores that there's no way I would have been able to visit. So that's been a really cool aspect of all of this. Well, it's interesting because I feel like this book, probably unintentionally, obviously, because you wrote this well before the COVID stuff happened, but I think it's extremely timely, right, for getting kids to maybe help understand that Okay, in the book, there's this cottage that a little girl goes to, and she loves it there, and the house loves her, and then she has to go away from the house, and it's just sort of a natural part of growing up for her in the story, but the effect is that the house misses her, and they're gone from each other, and it's really sad, but then the little girl comes back, and everything is okay, and things are different. They're not the same, but they're just as good. And it feels kind of like what's happening now. Like everybody has to be apart from each other and it's really sad, but it's going to be okay. You know, it might not be the same, but it's good. And the, the book just sort of has this great metaphor for it. And I thought that was really wonderful. Oh, thank you. Um, it's interesting you read it that way. And I hope that it does provide some sense of comfort for families and kids and People that are wanting to get away for this summer, you know, we all have that itch right now in general, especially in Georgia where it is so hot, where we just want to leave um, at the end of the school year. And yeah, it's especially difficult right now after a quarantine and social distancing. So I do hope it provides just like an escape and something that's soothing and that can open up conversation for families. Yeah. And the illustrations are beautiful. They actually reminded me a little bit of the Hondo and Fabian books by Peter McCarthy. 
Oh, I don't know that. Oh, they're so great. Um, but there's, they're a lot like more somber in tone, but like the general style somehow is reminiscent. But yeah, they're wonderful. <laughs> I thought she did such a beautiful job. And Jessica Courtney Tickle is based in the UK. So we haven't met, but we've been emailing quite a bit and we're fans of each other. And it's it's really interesting since we don't know each other and I didn't get to see the illustrations until they were further along just to see how she interpreted my words and added a whole secondary story was pretty neat. Like at the end of the story, the mother who's been present throughout isn't there and it's not clear why. So that's left open to interpretation, but it goes along with the theme that things change and life changes and you know, the structure of our family has sometimes changed and there's sorrow interwoven. So I just love that she added that extra depth. And I think she transformed it into something way better than just the words on their own. It's beautiful. It evokes for me um, a sense of the, the Little House by Virginia Burton. And I don't know if that was an inspiration for you, but I am curious. You said the cottage was inspired by a place that you go. What made mm-hmm. you think to actually write about it, though? Right. So um, I actually hadn't thought of The Little House. I'm definitely familiar with the book and read it a lot as a little girl and didn't even think about the comparison until later, which is strange. So what inspired it was I took, there's an amazing place in Decatur called Decatur Writer Studio. And I was fortunate enough to get to take a class with Laurel Snyder back in 2016. And one of our first workshops, the assignment was to write a story only we can tell. Um, So something, a, a special place or a person or an idea or a theme that's specific to our own lives. And we kind of learned that specificity is somehow universal. So as I was thinking about the places that were important to me, I thought about this cottage because I do, I I associate it so closely with my dad. Um, My parents built it together when I was a baby and they divorced when I was really young before kindergarten. And for a while he lived at this cottage full time. So I kind of have always just, my mom has never visited since they divorced. So it's always been a place I think of as dads, like representing dad and my little brother and the times that we've gone there and it's such an unusual place and there's not a ton to do. And so I was just thinking of the memories there. And then that's where the the initial spark came from. And then I just did draft after draft after draft and it essentially <laughs> became the book. Well, it is, it is beautiful. And um, I love stories like this that, like you said, there's like a, there's an extra story in the pictures themselves. And I just think that it's, you've done a wonderful job. And so has um, the illustrator. Thank you, Jenny. I was going to ask you um, when you said that it was in Florida about your input with the illustrator, because my take on the book reading through it was definitely not Florida, (laughs) but well, that's partially because, and this is a running joke kind of on the podcast now, the way that Marcy describes growing up in Florida sounds like she grew up in the Hellmouth from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm convinced that Florida is actually a hellscape. I was totally happy with it at the time. (laughs) 
I'm just saying, yeah. like, I would, I would imagine, like, if if she were dictating the illustrations, right? It would be like, it would be, it would be woods, but it would still like have palm trees and palmetto bushes and a drier look or whatever. So, like, which is not the vibe I got from reading this book, but it, it is lovely. Right. Um, yeah, that was kind of interesting just to see how she would illustrate a cottage because she's taking more of, you know, it feels more New Englandy or British. Earlier illustrations, the cottage was actually stone um, and it had two hmm. fireplaces, two chimneys. And that was one of the comments I had had. And also my editors, we all thought like, this is lovely, but it it is so different from how Americans view summer cottages or summer homes. And even the inside of the house and the initial versions was, my comment was just like, it's a little too nice, (laughs) like with nice (laughs) furniture and like, it just didn't match my own cottage, but also just most American cottages. So those were, Mm -hmm. those were tweaked, but she still definitely kept her own unique take on how she interpreted it. But I think it's a cool blend where it could really be anywhere. It really could. It was really fun to kind of just that first glimpse where the foxes are and there's like sort of the background and the, and the cottage together. You're like, okay, where, anywhere. (laughs) Where am I? Yeah. But it's nice to have that combination of like, this could be anywhere, but also it's so specific for you, which is a nice, a nice little blend. Exactly. Because it's it's based on, you know, a personal place and experience. Did you create, did you experience any kind of, I don't know, just like friction is in getting the story out and having it changed by other people like editors and the illustrator? Hmm. No, I would say that it was hard to get this exactly right. This went through at least 25 versions before I even wow. submitted it anywhere. So I wrote it back in 2016. It was acquired in August 2018, which is also when I got my agent. And I actually got the book deal for this through a Twitter pitch contest, which I'm not even really, I never tweet, but I just attempted this and an editor liked my pitch um, and I sent it in and we went through several additional revisions, just like getting the language just right and um, making sure there was enough tension, which is always something that's hard for me to do. But yeah, it was just, it was interesting to go through this whole process of getting it right because I had heard, you know, in all these different agent forums and blogs, you hear that agents and editors are just interested in quirky, funny, subversive picture books. And that's just not what I write. So I had this draft and I thought, well, this is like beautiful to me and it means something to me, but I don't think anything will happen with it but I just kept working on it and I'm glad I did. So what are you going to be working on next? So I actually have another picture book also from Page Street Kids. And that one is called Chase the Moon, Tiny Turtle, A Hatchling's Daring Race to the Sea. So that's Mm -hmm. a rhyming picture book, nonfiction that depicts the journey that loggerheads take from their nest to the sea. It's illustrated by Sally Walker. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm also just, working on polishing a few other picture books and uh, middle grade that I hope to submit soon. Oh, fun. Yeah, we're obviously suckers for middle grade. (laughs) So good. I love middle grade. 
And I love Newberry award-winning books. So I'm so excited to be on this podcast to talk about that. <laughs> Thank you. So do you have any particular favorite Newberry books? Yes. Um, so the timing with this podcast is so great because I have been borrowing a friend's copy of The Girl Who Drank the Moon for like three years now. And I'm finally <laughs> reading it. I'm like in the last 70 pages and I'm somewhat obsessed with it. It's just such a nice escape right now. I just think it's so beautiful and full of adventure. I love the characters. So I think this is going to be a favorite, but I also am just such a fan of Sarah Plain and Tall. I think I've read this book, I don't know, 20 or 30 times. I love it so much. And I have a first edition, Marcy, so don't be too jealous. Ooh. I'm sure you have one too. <laughs> I don't um, think I have a first of that one. Hmm. Oh, well, mine is not hmm. in great condition. For some reason, <laughs> I put stickers inside of it when I was a kid and signed it. I don't know why. Uh, but I actually met Patricia McLaughlin a few years ago in Decatur when she was at a writing conference. And wow. that was super special too. I just was grinning and staring at her and super awkward because I'm such a fan. <laughs> we don't know but anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so great. Like, and I'm sure that, I don't know, we keep hearing from authors again and again that when a person brings up their copy of a book that's so well read that it's falling apart or that's old or, you know, that you have wrote in it because, and you put stickers in it. And probably you did that. I mean, I did that as a kid because it was like, this is my favorite book. I want to everyone to know if they see this book, it's mine. I, we just heard it again and again, how flattering that is and how touching that is to authors. So I'm sure that she was really touched or by she that. she commented on it because I had yeah. apologized. Like, I'm so sorry I did this to your book. And she's like, no. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> oh, you're talking to me. <laughs> I still occasionally pull a book off my shelf to reread that I've had since I was a kid. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because I made these like like library pockets out of index cards and tape and hot pink pens. Aww. And I'm like, oh. That's adorable. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, oh, but this is not good for that book. <laughs> Well, if you guys want to ever get into um, how you can safely put stuff in your books, I, I do have some conservation book repair stuff that I, I can teach you. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I, now I have archivist friends who like are like, don't even put a post-it near your book. Oh, no, and, no, like, no. Just don't. No, you put a post-it on there. There's a residue for the, the rest of the life of that book. As it ages, it'll start to like eat away where that little triangle was. And then over time, it'll just be gone. It'll just color and then it'll go away. Don't be Ooh, like a punch yeah. out. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to be a downer. <laughs> I'm very excited that, that you were able to talk with us and we could learn more about the book. And I'm so excited that this is the beginning of your writing career and we're getting to talk to you now. So I know later we're going to be like, yeah, yeah, we talked to her way back when. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you guys having me. And I just, I hope that this book is, I don't know, I hope the kids like it. And if it's something that people are interested in buying, I would encourage them to purchase it from their local bookstore, their indie bookstore first, if possible. Those stores really need our support all the time, but especially right now during the pandemic. So 
If you have one, if you're listening and you have an indie bookstore near you and you want to buy my book or any of the other books featured on this podcast, please look there first. Amazon is great too, but these indies really need our help right now. Absolutely. To build on that, if you don't have an indie bookstore or you aren't able to get the books you want, you can also visit Powell's, you can visit Bookshop. There are other places online that you can support that are independent bookstores themselves or support independent bookstores. So Absolutely. And our, our local favorite is Little Shop of Stories. They also ship now all over the country, actually all over the world. And if you're local, they will deliver right to your door. Thank you again for joining us today on the Newbury Tart Podcast, where we were speaking with Kelly Jordan, author of The Little Blue Cottage. You can learn more about her at kellyjordan.com and check our social media for ways that you can win a copy of The Little Blue Cottage for your very own. Thanks for listening. Bye. Production assistance for Newbury Tart is provided by Raphael Siebenman and Liam Grove. Graphic design by Liz Mytinger. Intro and outro by Ariana Hargrave. Theme music for this podcast is provided by the laid-back and local Throckmorton Ukulele Band. You can hear more of their music on Facebook. Find more Newberry Tart episodes at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our website is Newberry Tart. That's N-E-W-B-E-R-Y-T-A-R-T dot com.